Hi, and welcome to the Full Bloom Project, a body-positive parenting podcast dedicated to promoting emotional wellness in our children and health at every size for the whole family. Each week, we speak with extraordinary experts and distill everything from scholarly research to self-help books into accessible and digestible daily parenting practices. We're your hosts, Leslie Block and Zoe Bisbing both New York City-based adolescent eating disorder psychotherapists and mothers of two, here to help you help your children fully bloom. This episode of the Full Bloom Podcast is brought to you by our Body Positive Parenting Primer mini-course, which we are recording live today, Friday, August 23rd, and will be available for you to purchase on our website. The Primer is a 90-minute virtual seminar that you can participate in from the comfort of your own home. You'll learn the step-by-step foundations of body-positive parenting that truly transform your home environment and set your kids up for body positivity fast. Together, we'll walk step-by-step through this simple roadmap to getting you started. You can purchase the Body Positive Parenting Primer mini course at fullbloomproject.com slash course. That's fullbloomproject.com slash course. The Full Bloom podcast is also brought to you by listeners like you. Pitch in to keep this podcast going strong so that you and your care providers can help your children fully bloom. To learn more about how you can support us, please visit fullbloomproject.com slash Patreon. As a patron of the podcast, you will gain access to the complete A to Z guide to body positive parenting. This interactive and downloadable guide contains a wealth of content, including research and resources to help you put the fundamentals of body positive parenting into action. Again, that complete A to Z guide to body positive parenting is an exclusive benefit to our patrons. Learn more about sponsoring us at fullbloomproject.com slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And Leslie, speaking of Patreon, we wanted to spend some time today answering a question that one of our patrons, Susie, had for us about a very important topic. Do you agree? I agree. I will be honest. I saw this question come up. And I wanted to talk with you specifically, Leslie, about this because her question has to do with communicating with others about our philosophy. So she's adopting the body positive parenting philosophy in her family. And her question today, which I'm going to read in a moment, specifically pertains to speaking to her child's pediatrician. And I wanted to speak directly with you about this because of your background in dialectical behavioral therapy and in particular, one particular skill that I think is going to come in handy for us and for Susie today. Um, Would you mind talking a little bit first about what dialectical behavioral therapy is and why, I don't know, just what you want our what the listeners should know about what DBT is? Sure. So DBT is an acronym. It stands for dialectical behavior therapy. And it is a treatment approach um, that was originally designed for suicidal ideation um, by Marsha Linehan. And it has been researched extensively with many, many different types of challenges that people face. 
And it's been often shown to be very effective in multiple ways for all different types of people, including just a normal parent. Um, And so I began um, my DBT journey as a therapist um, probably 10 years ago now. I got trained in it um, by the Linehan Institute, and I use it a lot in my treatment. Um, But one of the things that always happens when I start using DBT more and more is that I realize these skills are just so useful for everyday things, like this question that we're going to introduce in a minute. But just to clarify, part of dialectical behavior therapy is, um, is a set of skills that are taught to the individual that um, kind of fall into four different categories. The first is emotion regulation, so helping people regulate their emotions. The second is distress tolerance, helping people manage things that are stressful um, to them. The third category is mindfulness skills. And the fourth category is interpersonal effectiveness skills. I just want to interrupt and say, I mean, I'm always blown away that this treatment was pioneered for the treatment of people that are actually struggling with suicidal ideation, which is pretty severe and intense. But anytime I recall these four modules or these four different sets that you just described, right, distress tolerance, mindfulness emotion regulation and interpersonal effectiveness, I am just reminded that this is essential for parents. Like no matter what, even if you're just dealing with a temper tantrum in the moment, the amount of distress tolerance that we need to do and the amount of our own emotion regulation that we need to do. And of course, mindfulness, which is like, there's so many apps now, right? Like calm and headspace. And, and then of course, interpersonal effectiveness, which like is really important when you're trying to communicate just even with your partner. Right. So I love these skills and I, I think it's so important, like what you said, that they're so applicable just to everyday life and they really, really are. Yeah, every time I, I teach them and think about them, I think, oh, I could use I could have used that last week at this point in time. <laughs> but Dear Man particularly, um, and Dear Man is a skill we're gonna talk about today. Um, it's within the it's a sub skill of the interpersonal effectiveness module of skills, which is really about how to either resolve a conflict or to make a request in a really respectful and effective way that maintains a relationship. It's an acronym and each letter represents its own skill and it makes really hard conversations become easier and easier over time. And there's plenty of YouTube channels that will describe this to you as well. So if you are listening to this and you want to you wanna learn it in a different way, just type in Dear Man Skill and you'll find it all over the internet. Um, but we're going to talk today particularly about how to use it in a body positive parenting scenario. Yeah. So I'm going to read Susie's question, okay? All right. Let's hear it. So Susie wrote... My husband and I love our pediatrician. She is fantastic with our five-month-old daughter. However, she does use language around her, which I am not comfortable with. For example, big girl describing her thighs as having nooks and crannies, wearing bracelets. I'm sure you know what that means. She always ends the statements by saying, no, really, your daughter is perfect and healthy. 
I know she doesn't mean these comments negatively, but we are really trying to raise our daughter in a body positive environment. As you discuss on your podcast and through the writing on your site, do you have any suggestions for how to talk to her doctor about this and also other people in our life like family members who make similar comments about how big she is for her age? Thank you so much for the work you do. Really looking forward to your response. So first, thank you, Susie, for sending such a great question. I also want to validate that we've gotten lots of similar questions particularly around family members and um, people who love their doctors, who don't want to leave, who want to maintain that relationship, but would like um, some more body positive language um, and sensitivity happening. Yeah. So let's talk about dear man for body positive parents. And we're just going to walk through each of these letters in this scenario um, to answer Susie's question and to help give everyone an idea of how to start a conversation um, that's effective and allows you to ask for what you want, but that's um, sensitive to the nature of how important the relationship is to you. So I'm going to, I'm going to explain D. Is that all right? Yeah, you go with D and then I'll go with E. And together we'll spell dear man. So the D in dear man is for describe, which is the place that you want to start. You want to describe the situation and include the details that clarify and demonstrate your understanding. So you want to stick with the facts of this situation so that it's not an interpretation as much as something that you can both pretty much agree on happened. So your email, Susie, I would say does a great job of that for the most part, you know, saying big girl, describing her thighs as having nooks and crannies, wearing bracelets, and then ending the statement with, no, really, your daughter is perfect and healthy. So you want to just describe the situation in which you want to communicate about. That's D. And then E is for express. And it's a logical next step in building your position. So you've described, and now it's time to express. And you're expressing your opinion, your perspective, and how this situation affects you. So in this case, you might, well, say, well, what, what, what might she say, Leslie? So it sounds to me like from what she's written, she might say something like, When you say these type of things, it makes me feel concerned about how my daughter eventually will interpret this information. Um, And it's really important for me that I maintain a body positive, body neutral environment for my daughter. When you say these things, it makes me feel like we're already shaming her or judge making a judgment call about her size yeah or drawing attention to her appearance so that might be another way to express um that when we talk this way it makes me like i liked what you said makes me concerned that we are already objectifying her right talking about the way she appears and that that's not comfortable for us as a family. Yes. And you want to just express with E, you want to just express 
how your opinion about it, your perspective, and how the situation affects you. You want to be very, very careful not to make claims about the other person and what they might be thinking. You just want to talk about from your experience, from your perspective, this is how this affects you. Mm-hmm. Then it's time for A, which is to assert. Right. right. Then it's time for A, which is really where you are asking for what you want. Um, we want to make sure that you've clarified your position. You've described the situation with D. You've expressed your position and how it affects you. And now it's time to ask for what you want, which is the A. So in this case, Susie wants to say something like, and Susie and everyone in Susie's position, I want you to really think about what exactly are you asking for? And this is, we want to get very, very clear and get it into like one sentence, which in this case, I, if it was me, which I'm about to have this same exact conversation with my child's pediatrician, because one of my children is in a different body type than my other. And my doctor tends to talk a little bit more about her body than my other one. And I'm about to bring um, this one in for her annual physical. So my assert for my doctor is going to be something like, I would really prefer you not say anything about her body, shape or size. And I mean, that's, I think that that can be hard sometimes. I think the assert part in general is hard. It's hard to be assertive, especially in these dynamics where there's like kind of a power differential. It's your doctor um, but hopefully the sort of the describe and the express kind of sets you up nicely to then assert and then are, which is for reinforce. And this is just meaning to provide context regarding the benefits associated with the solution that you've proposed. And you may sa- say something like, thank you so much for understanding how important this is to us. We've always had such respect for you as our kids' doctors, and we look forward to, you know, many, many more years of working together. And this is very, very meaningful to us because it's really going to be a, a supportive part of our, our kids' development together. Yeah. Whenever I teach R, I always think about thinking about what's in it for this other person, what's in it for them to give you what you want, which is the A, what you're asking for. So what's in it for my doctor to not speak about my child's weight and shape around her? And my, this is where I might get on my soapbox a little bit and we'll talk about the man part, which is really about how to, how to not do that. <laughs> but I imagine I might say, Something like body positive parenting is something that's incredibly important to me. And I'm learning so much in my profession about how how it really is incredibly supported by doctors if we can all be on the same team about it. And really for my daughter, this is going to make such a big difference in her life if the person that's taking care of her health is really mindful around this for her. And I just hope that we can be a team together for her. Yeah. And I think that this next piece of it, right, like that you referenced the M in man for mindful, 
is really important, especially because you don't quite know what you're going to get on the other end, right? Somebody, a doctor might just say, oh, you know, thank you so much for informing me. Like, what a good point. I'm so happy to learn more. Oh, tell us about the full bloom project. You know, it's possible. But the M is for the mindful focus that keeps you on point and not distracted. Stay the course with your objective and don't deviate by getting involved in other discussions right now. If the other person takes the discussion in a new direction, it's your job to bring it back to working toward resolution around this particular point that you're trying to make. Um, I'm thinking that, I don't know, with Leslie, if you think that a defensive response, for example, could derail this? Um, it may. You know, it may be. There's so many things. This is why the M is put in there because the M, I always, my little way to remember the M is I think about a broken record and I think about, and this is kind of the teaching too and how Marsha teaches this skill is really to be, to think of yourself as a broken record around this point and just come keep bringing it back to it because in interpersonal um, interactions and in conflict in general, so say someone comes back and is defensive and there's a, a feeling of a bit of a conflict here, we want to just come back to this point and stay on point and go back through the deer. Just go back through the deer. The reason why we try to get A as, as kind of short and sweet as possible is so that you can just keep coming back to it and saying something like, I realize that maybe this isn't the way that you typically work. And I, I also realize that maybe you're not meaning to have the effect that it's having on me, but I, it's still really important for me that you and I agree that you will not speak in this way around my daughter when we come in and coming just back and back and back. So mindful, broken record, same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is one of the hardest things for people I find and for myself that you just keep coming back to your point. This is also what really, really makes a great negotiator. Yeah. So once we are staying mindful or in the midst of staying mindful, these man, this man segment is really about kind of your, your demeanor, your, the way that you approach the deer, um, and the A part of man is to appear confident. Now, this is really hard for me because I am always nervous <laughs> about speaking about conflict. Like, I don't like this. A lot of people don't. Um, but if we don't do it, then we don't really get what we want. Um, and one of the things I've learned just from being a therapist and working with parents in particular and families is that I often feel nervous and that it is really important for me to stay confident, to stay connected to my A, which is a totally reasonable and very important to me, my A, the assert, and appear confident around that, to stay in a confident tone of voice, to maintain eye contact, to use positive body language. This is something that oftentimes people need to practice and while it just seems like just a, a little miniature conversation 
it is not a miniature conversation for you. And so we want to practice it um, with your husband or in the mirror, just so that you feel like you've, you're prepared, that you've really done this before, you know what to do, and you are ready. Yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking too about how in some cases, and I might fall more into this category, I might lean towards being too assertive or, you know, appearing so like confident, but in not such a productive way (laughs) that might not be meeting the person where they are. And if what I want to do, and I know there are other people like this out there as well, if what we want to do is preserve the relationship, and that's, I think, really important. I'm glad you mentioned that at the beginning, Leslie these other aspects, right, the describing and the expressing and the asserting and the reinforcing and the mindfulness, it we might need that to support us in being approachable and being confronting in a non-confrontational kind of way. Because we are talking about confronting a doctor, in this case, about something that isn't working for us. But if what you want is to try to preserve the relationship, sometimes the mindfulness in a case where you may be struggling with being assertive can kind of help you keep your point and, and sort of power up and be strong. And in the case where you may be coming on in other areas of your life with like a, with a hammer, you know, can sort of help you stay mindful of, of keeping that positive body language and, and, and just ensuring that your demeanor is not threatening in any particular way, but is friendly and also confident and um, assertive. Yeah, that's magic kind of balance between being confident and being preachy, you know. The next piece, I think, is the N, is possibly the trickiest because it's usually when you're unable to get what you're asking for. When the A, when the assert is met with a, some version of like, no, I can't, I can't do that for you. Um, and then you need N, which is to negotiate there. In this situation, what do you think about negotiating in this situation, Zoe? What are some scenarios that you could imagine? Yeah, I mean, I think this one is particularly tricky in this situation in part because it is possible that you may, if you are met with, you know, I don't either get that or no, I'm not going to do that. You know, it might mean that you need to find another doctor. I do think that in this case, it is sometimes about finding a doctor who either is already, you know, body positively oriented or is very receptive to what you have to say. I mean, with our kids' doctors, I think we do want to make sure that we're with the right fit for our family. Um, And so it's, I I guess I'm sharing that because it's possible that it is better use of time to look for another provider than to try to negotiate this at the same time. If what you really want is to stay, maybe you have, you really want to stick with this doctor because maybe options are limited or maybe you just really love them for so many other, in so many other ways. I guess I'm, I'm stuck a little bit because I would want the negotiation to be at least please don't say anything. I'm not sure. Can this be negotiated here? I mean, it might be that in this scenario, I'm thinking of Anand would be, would you be willing to read or listen to this podcast? You know, would you be willing to 
um, think about what I'm saying and read some, some evidence around it. Sometimes, frankly, pediatricians just aren't educated yet in the health at every size model because it's not the model that the medical system is kind of entrenched in yet. Um, and there's still a lot of this kind of fear around childhood obesity um, and that most doctors are kind of bent in that direction without without realizing so and it's not their fault but there might be an opportunity for you to say you know I don't know if I'm if I'm able to explain all the reasons why as well as I'd like to this is so important to me would you be willing to like continue this conversation outside of this this meeting could I send you something and then we can talk about it um the other option might be something like do you think that someone else in your practice might be more willing to do this and we could kind of see them if you want to stay supporting this person but not seeing them like supporting their practice but not seeing them it might be that we we ask that they not be weighed with that person, that they're weighed and measured with um, a tech who you could talk to who might be more open to it. So these are all kind of the ideas that you could negotiate around. Um, Another thing that I think is helpful to always ask someone is to say, well, what are some of your ideas then for how we could maintain our relationship? and us navigate this and you, you be sensitive to this request of mine and let them kind of sit with this dilemma for a minute and see what they come up with. I, yeah. And I, I want to, I want to acknowledge how much easier it was for you, Leslie, to come up with those ideas, given that you are someone that spends a lot of time in your clinical practice and perhaps in your own life, because you do so much of this work thinking this way and really being mindful of this particular skill and how even in this context where I'm familiar with this skill and do sometimes teach it in my own practice, I'm less familiar with it. And it's easier for me to get stuck on that end. And I I just want to put that out there because I imagine a lot of people will get stuck on that and feel like, oh, the only thing I can do is leave. The only thing I can do is, is leave. And then that could be a really complicated moment for someone, especially like going back to what I was saying before, if you don't have other options or if um, you really do value the doctor in other ways. And so I I just want to shine a light on that, that practicing this skill and allowing it to be something that you really dedicate time to is important. And I do think it will allow for uh, more natural creative process around coming up with well, what some what are some of the options um and I do I imagine that kind of my experience of sitting here being like oh I don't know I guess we have to leave <laughs> we have to quit uh-huh. we have to find somebody else is a, a natural emotional response but not necessarily factually all that's available right I think that the point that I want to want people to leave with is this is not that natural um some people are just really naturally great at 
interpersonally effectively communicating in a dear man type of way without them like thinking, okay, what's the D, what's the E, what's the A? But most of us just aren't. And most of us can really improve our communication when we do put this skill into use. But the truth is like you do have to sit and kind of write it out or really practice it before it becomes a natural thing. And that's one of just DBT in general, dialectical behavior in general, really talks about it's like learning how to drive a stick shift, a manual car. You have to you have to observe and describe like you have to observe what you're doing and try to sort it out and practice it like what gear am I in? Okay, there's a, what do I, where do I push the pedals? Um, and you have to just be in that place for a little while until you gen- it just generalizes and you're just naturally doing all those, you're just naturally driving the manual car. And this is one of those skills that it's worth it to write it down, to practice it. It's worth it for more than just body positive parenting. It's worth it for being in relationships with all types of people, but it is so valuable once you kind of get used to clarifying what you're actually saying to someone else and asking for what you're actually communicating. So all that means like just be willing to practice it, to write it down, dear man, And to write down what you're saying and make a little script for yourself and practice it with your husband or your partner um, and let them work work on all these different end scenarios for you, um, the negotiate scenarios. And then you'll just approach the situation when you get there with a little more confidence than you probably would have if you're just trying to remember, oh, what did Leslie and Zoe say this week? What was it? What was the E? Oh, I forget the E. I'll just, I'll just do the D and the A, you know? (laughs) And we'll, and we'll put up the, this acronym, um, just so you have a little cheat sheet on the show notes of the episode today. And I I also want to say that the more we can do this and practice this, and model this for our kids, the better able they will be to do this themselves, whether they happen to be able, like naturally to do this, maybe all the modeling we've done, it just sets them up so well so that they can do this without the cheat sheet. But also, I think that would be cool to be able to share when my kids are older, this this cheat sheet, right? This skill, this is a life skill to be able to communicate interpersonally, effectively, and to help people and to help our kids understand that we should never not assert ourselves if we're uncomfortable. That's a really important skill and validate the fact that this can be really hard, really hard. And if you're struggling with it, it doesn't mean you shouldn't assert yourself. And it also certainly doesn't mean that you should give up, but rather you should look for some skills that you can practice together. And I can think of all sorts of things that come up with teens and kids and young adults, right, where they could use dear man also. So it's it's definitely a, a, a life skill for all. That's right. So we hope, Susie, that this helps um, answer your question. And we also hope for all the other listeners out there with similar questions that you can play around with this dear man skill and send us your results of that skill either by just emailing us info at fullbloomproject.com or um, going onto our website and submitting 
a little comment to us or on Instagram at Full Bloom Project. You can just send us a little comment. Um, we're on Facebook too. So I think that's it for our show today. Yeah. And tune back in next time for more body positive parenting wisdom. <laughs>